every time we start one of these, Chris Anderson, we say welcome back, welcome in. The welcome back sounds a little bit more authentic this time than ever. Um, welcome back to recruiting season. I am Mike Casaza. I'm allowed at the football field. I pale in comparison to you, Chris. I noticed this. It was very significant, the number of heads you turn on the field. That was probably something that didn't change in a year, although so many other things have since the last time we did this, right? Well, one thing that didn't change was the uh, the actual camp itself, right? Like that, it, I was surprised. I was thinking maybe we'd see something different, something, you know, I, I thought maybe we'd have low numbers. I thought maybe they'd space guys out, not do certain things. I mean, the guys are spaced out on the field. Don't get me wrong on that. But just thinking, oh, this could be weird and different, just like everything's been weird and different for the last year plus. And it was like, exactly the same it it felt so much like it did two years ago Mm -hmm. same testing same order um a ton of players again i think they had 180 pre-registered and uh, approached 200 total um just just a a solid first showing for the first camp in in two years you're no selling my compliment (laughs) very humble i'll I'll say you're you're making me blush over here Nobody can see it. I showed my face for the first time in a YouTube video, and and I'm blushing over here. Yeah. Did I make it into your practice facility video? Apparently, I did. Oh, were you on there? I didn't think so. I mean, you were sta- You were walking next to me. So yeah. I got some I, comments. I was... Oh, God. Yeah, well, those are the only people who noticed me because I wore the 24-7 pullover on a pretty warm day, right? Uh-huh. It's black. It's long sleeves. And I, I guess I blended in. And I'm telling you, like, I'm not saying this because... Like, well, I'm, I'm definitely never going to try to blow up your ego, right? But when you walk the sideline, the hat, the polo, and the camera, like, I, people looked at you. <laughs> and, like, I could tell when you walked by, people in lawn chairs, people who were standing there, elbow nudged each other. And I'm guessing because they want their kid or their nephew or their brother or whomever to get recognized. Uh, did you have any conversations off to the side? Did you trade any business cards or get any phone numbers? Because while illegal... Or maybe it's legal. I don't know. Uh, boy, that should have been a, a great opportunity for your network there. Well, there's there are obviously there always are people. Hey, who are you? Oh, you work with twenty seven. Look at my kid. That's my kid over there. Um, not often. I mean, it never really gets beyond that because you try not to talk to you know one because we're busy. Uh, two, they realize that. And uh, three, you know, you, you really I don't want to say it's against the rules, but you try not to talk to them. But you also don't want to be rude and just be like, stick your hand up and be like, get out of my face. But, um, you know, just it, not honestly, not as much as you. There, there's been times in the past where people were like a lot. I get a lot of the, hey, that's my kid, number 42 over there, you know, picking his nose and can't run in a straight line. But let's make him a profile, please. And it's like, what? what? Mm-hmm. But then sometimes, you know, I've had a parent stop me and be like, hey, that's my kid over there. And you turn, and you're like, oh, wait that's your kid and it, and it's a legit player somebody you already know or maybe don't know but then you've already written down their number and you're like oh what's his name because you're trying to figure out who everybody is but um you get a little bit of that it was a little less than normal this year maybe everybody's still not wanting to tap people on the shoulders and start talking to strangers but uh, uh it wasn't too bad this time this is what we'll do we did not do a Q&A podcast this week and we could i mean in our sleep we could do an hour on the many other things that are happening. I mean, some significant headlines in college basketball nationally. 
even locally, Taz Sherman back. You have a non-conference schedule now that looks sneaky good, but maybe sneaky hollow too. I'd just rather wait till Tuesday to do that because we should go over what happened Tuesday, what will happen this weekend, what's occurring in between because those two big events, Tuesday and then the official visits, are important, but there has been some developments in between that you can explain too but this just seems like too big of an occasion to overlook i think too many people are watching it it's new it's important and it seems to me that with it being gone for a year i think a lot of people who had passive or maybe disconnected interest in recruiting suddenly realize it's it's kind of a big deal and then the people who were involved and obviously they know it is too um my initial observations chris go for it you said not a whole lot of change i would agree that camp is a camp is a camp um some drills were really sloppily organized, and I don't think it was the coaches as much as the players sometimes, and the players not noticing what the coaches were talking about. First one in a long, long time, and I was just startled by how many players didn't know what it means to you know line up on top of the numbers. Oh, um, God, top and bottom of the numbers. They were screwing that up everywhere. Yeah. Players, um, not players, not coaches. You saw this 40-yard dashes. Guys were, like, zigging and zagging and, and you know, weaving between lanes. Um it takes some reps to run a 40 fast. It also takes some reps to run a 40 straight. I wonder how many kids have been practicing 40s or getting coached on it or evaluated on it too. Um, you know, organizing drills too, like what they wanted. There was a quarterback drill where Sean Reagan had to stop, stop and finish and stop him like two or three times to get everything going correctly because it's in his head from years and years of doing this. But the players, first time in a long, long time. And maybe like at the end of this month, they'll be accustomed to it and it'll be smooth. But um, some of that stuff was was just interesting to me to watch. And then just going back to my introductory anecdote, too, how many players were at their first camp or how many players' families who were eyeballing you or whomever else is there covering it were there for the first time. But also combination. They knew how important this camp this month is toward a scholarship or a walk-on spot or a partial scholarship or invitations to camps next year or the year after too. It, it just seems to me like it was really urgent. It was really important to a lot of people and it, it was buzzing. It was active. It was extremely popular. I think they said they had 191 kids they signed in. Um, that's more than ever before, but I, it was everything that you thought it would be. It was kind of crazy. It was kind of uncoordinated. It was really important. It was really urgent. And above all else, the first one, it was really, really important and thereby very popular too for the players involved. Yeah. The, I, there was definitely like a sense of urgency amongst the players. There always is, but I think sometimes that's limited to the legit top guys that are obvious West Virginia recruiting targets or guys that are trying to earn offers from West Virginia. But when you bring in these other coaches, people say, why would you bring in opposing coaches to these camps? And, and it's because, you know, when you have 191, as you said, uh, kids in camp, how many of those are legit West Virginia University football targets, uh, scholarship targets? Mm -hmm. Seven, 10, 12, 15, maybe, if you're lucky. But another 50 or 60 are legit targets for Kent State, uh, who's there. Marshall, first time ever for me. I don't recall seeing a Marshall coach at a WVU camp during my time here. Maybe I'm uh, misremembering, you know, from the early days, but I don't recall a Marshall coach ever being at a West Virginia camp. Um, and even smaller school, you know, smaller schools than that. Uh, Alderson Broadus was there. Uh, Glenville state was there a couple others. So it's something that when you get them all there, these kids know, maybe I'm not a West Virginia 
level player, but maybe I'm one of these level players. I need to catch these guys' attention. There's a lot of eyeballs out here that can that I can work for. And you saw guys working. I, I like. I mean, I feel like as hard as ever, uh, competing as hard as ever. Yeah, they were screwing up, boy, with with some of this stuff. You know, again, maybe a little rusty from not being at camps for a couple years, but um, it was tight, and there was a sense of urgency. Uh, I, I did not know the player. Um, I don't know who this was, but, uh, you know, the, the big man portion ended shortly before the rest of the camp. Uh, it was down in the, the main stadium. And when it ended, they pulled a couple side kids aside to talk to the West Virginia coaches. Uh, a couple of the Marshall coaches pulled a couple kids aside, a couple Kent State coaches and so on and so forth. And they're all kind of pulling kids off to the side. And there seemed to be a couple kids that were hoping and waiting to talk, have a coach pull them aside. And it didn't. And, and, you know, one, like the, the kid's dad just screamed from the stands, let's get out of here. Come on, let's go out of here. Done. And it's just like, ouch, like it, it hurts. Um, it, but you could just feel that sense of this is a moment. This is a chance to earn a full scholarship. And, and that's why these days are so important. Mm-hmm. Two things that I want to add to that that were that were funny to me. Um, Joe Humphreys was there, who we both really like. Um, yeah. And he ran his 40 and it was, a, it was a good time. I forget what it was. You can fill my blank here, but um, I heard it. It was good. And the Kent state coaching staff pulled him aside to talk to him, <laughs> which is like, that's fine, but you're an invited guest in West Virginia, you know, may like this kid and may offer this kid too, but you're there, I guess you're not there, you know, to punch the stopwatch and do stuff. You're there to look at kids. And it just seemed to me like that was part and parcel of this. Like you're going to invite these guys here. They may get your player. Um, and the other one was too, I don't want to name the kid, but like, he ran a 40 and it was one of those zigzags. And they said, if you'd run a straight line, it would have been like a four or five. You know, so next time, just, you know, for your own purpose, line up and then just follow the hash marks. His happened to be in a spot where the hash mark was, you know, easily uh, navigable for him. He could just use that as his, his beacon in the night, so to speak. Um, so his time comes around again and he does it again, four, seven, four, something like that. And one of the West Virginia coaches, I don't want to say who, but like says, hey, you did it again. What you need to do, and the guy, the kid, just like raises his arm and walks away. Yeah. And and the coach said, "Okay, that's that, and that's that for that player. That kid's never going to get a look." And he was he had a side by side with, I want to say one of the other assistant coaches. I don't think it was Neil Brown, but I might have missed that. But certainly he had some side by side time, or off to the side time. And one of the coaches who's there from another school goes, "That's all right, coach. He doesn't need to be coached. He knows everything, right?" Says it aloud so everybody can hear it. And I swear, Chris, five minutes later, he was off to the side talking to that player, <laughs> basically saying, like, okay, I can teach you how to run a 40 straight. <laughs> and I was like, there's always a game there. Even inside these things, you're an invited guest and you're just doing scouting and evaluation. You're always up to something there, too. So my, my point is it was it was really fun to be back there and to have that back and, and to see coaches from the West Virginia staff in person for the first time in a long time. Uh I saw Jeff Castillo for the first time in 10 years and had a good conversation with him. He's telling me about his kid is down in Mercer because there's other assistant coaches who are down there recruiting. You realize that it, it really is like a big, big deal. And it's not just Morgantown. They have people down in Georgia. I think that there's people, you know, as we're speaking today, Thursday afternoon, there's people somewhere in the South today that are out recruiting again because it's that big of a deal too. So, um, man, what an important week. And it leads into this weekend but before we go there, um, let me hand this off to you. Highlights, obviously, of Tuesday were the quarterbacks, I think. Rare to have that many targets on hand at once. But again, an important date. 
And then there were other other players who came in with a profile, but also probably left with one they did, did not have when they arrived. And there's been some movement there too. So take me through your takeaways, and then what has developed since then that adds to what you thought, but maybe is new in addition to what you thought, whether it comes to offers or players or someone who's a little bit better now than they were before. Yeah, I think right after camp, I, I wouldn't say this necessarily. There's a difference first before I get started. There's a difference between guys that I think maybe performed the best at the camp and guys that I think are going to get an offer. And we discussed this in like a, a, a couple of the Q and A's about how you evaluate players and recruits and potential with their frames, their speed, their athleticism. And so in the analysis right after the camp, I said there were a couple kids that I thought were going to get an offer. Um, one of them was Creed Whittemore, who mm-hmm. I spoke with that night. Uh, he's an athlete from down in Florida, down in Gainesville, and he plays quarterback in high school. I honestly, I did not even see him throw with the quarterbacks at West Virginia's camp because I think it was like 10 minutes after they split up into position groups. I think he did 10 minutes of QB drills and they were like, Hey, wide receiver and, and got him some gloves. He went off to the side with offensive recruiting coordinator, Scott Gasper did a little work to warm up there and then caught up with the receivers and did really, really well. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold on to this interview that I did with him on Tuesday night because I think he's going to get an offer. Sure enough, you know, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. He got one Thursday morning, uh, said that the staff needed to meet and discuss it. They did. Uh, he called up and, and got the offer and he seems absolutely thrilled about it. Uh, I think you know, he's familiar with the staff, his older brother, Luke is a wide receiver at Troy who was recruited by Neil Brown and his staff and signed with the Trojans back in 2017, I believe. So the family is familiar with them. Uh, They they have a relationship. Obviously, I mean, you don't make the trip up from Gainesville to Morgantown on your own dime to camp and try to earn an offer without having some kind of relationship or interest in the school. So that, I think, is the first, you know, that's the first offer. That's kind of the first domino in this whole situation this whole camp season uh, for West Virginia. And keep an eye on that. Those guys that get those early camp offers, that those guys are ones that tend to be around till the end. And we've seen that with guys in the past, like Caden Prather. West Virginia offered him, I think, at the first or second camp two summers ago because they saw him, loved him, offered him, boom, and, and stayed on him. So these guys that are getting these in-person, in-camp evaluations and early offers – are legit targets that you need to watch moving forward. Rule number, I don't know, it's it's in the top 10. It's always recruit the younger brother, right? Always. Yeah. He's, uh, and, and yeah, and by the way, not just Luke, uh, there's another brother, uh, Trent, who is at the University of Florida as a wide receiver, and their father was a wide receiver at UCF. So um, good genes, good genes going there. Another... Younger brother, familiar name, Tyler Thornton. Yes. Look good. Spinning it. Uh, dad sitting in the front row. Dad is John Thornton. Uh, John Thornton's older of the sons is Jalen Thornton, who's a defensive lineman. Uh, John Thornton just hanging out, watching. Um, I wasn't sure if he was there as ex-player, um, scout, whatever. No, he's there as a dad, just watching his kid play, um, try to get noticed, try to get offered. Uh, had a pretty... I think it was it was he's, I think he plays in a very good conference and, and had a good season in Cincinnati. Um, and you know, one of those years now where if he has a good summer, he springboards into something big. Who knows? But 
Um, we could spend a lot of time on quarterbacks. If you'd like to know more about quarterbacks, again, the four they had there were, were you know, pretty highly regarded, but probably pretty closely um, evaluated, I would think. Not a great separation. I think you made that point a couple of times. Um, hey, want to read more? Check it out online. We're not going to... We're not going to read what we wrote here. You can find that out. And if you're not behind the paywall, Chris, 60% off. Um, hard to beat that. I'm not sure we'll go lower than that anytime soon. And even if recruiting isn't your thing, it's not a one-month deal. You get an entire year of it, too. So you'll go through the football and the basketball season, too. But a lot of stuff happening, again, in football, but also basketball, which we'll get to. Um, leading me into this now, you may have headlined this weekend because... Wait, before we get week. to this weekend, can we, can we oh. talk about the Ty Thornton thing? I just think that's yeah, – I just had a funny story because he was – the last time I saw John Thornton at a WV football camp, I saw him and I said, hey, that's John Thornton. I wonder what he's doing, Do you, just like you, just like you're talking about. I was like, is he just watching? And I, I didn't – you know, I didn't know about Jalen at the time, and it took me until after the camp to connect the dots, and I had Jalen's number written down as a standout. I didn't connect that he's – he was who he was. And so when I saw him at this camp, I said, oh, man, is it happening again? Does he have another son? Is there another Thornton? I need to keep an eye on this. And sure enough, we were around. We saw his son throw, Ty Thornton, the quarterback. And you're right. He does look pretty good. Um, 2022, so I'm not sure he's going to get a WVU offer. Mm-hmm. But, man, he looked good. It, it, like He looked like a solid, you know, maybe lower level FBS or FCS kind of quarterback. And uh, it just, it just cracked me up that I saw him and I was like, no, I'm not making this mistake again. He's got to have a family member here. I just, I just don't think he's out here watching it. And then of course, when we saw, I saw Jalen watching the one-on-ones later in the day and a lot of players were doing that, but that really got me looking, looking around, looking for a younger brother somewhere. Sorry. Tall and long, and as you said, one-on-ones, he, he put some deep balls on the money, too. I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't say I tracked his passes in the flats or his stuff in the middle, but it seemed like he was able to you know, get a good arc on a deep ball and throw it, and he had guys making plays for him, too, and that's all That's all part of it. Uh, again, po- quarterback is very popular, and, and there's plenty you can read on online. I don't want to repeat too much of that stuff. I feel like we've said and written so much about it already. People might have their eyes roll back in their head, which leads me to up to what they're up to this weekend, too. Um, kind of, I mean, is it a big deal because it's the first one? And there are many others that could follow. Is it a big deal because it's the first one and it starts some word of mouth? Is it a big deal because they haven't had one in so long? It's a big deal, obviously, but this weekend, why is it so significant? It's a lot of top targets. It's a lot of guys that they've worked hard for. It's a lot of guys that I it it is something... I don't think we know what's going to happen or how these guys are going to react. It's the first time they've been able to visit a school in any capacity or well, not any capacity. Cause of course, as, as you infamously wrote um, about kids visiting campus on their own and doing things on their own and all that. But first time they've been able to interact with coaches in over a year, these kids have never taken visits like this before. Really? Uh, you know, maybe a couple of these guys took, some junior day visits, but it's it's pretty rare for a guy to be taking a junior day visit that early, like in February uh, of the previous year. So these guys, like, are they going to visit and just be so overwhelmed by how, because, hey, I, I know everybody's going to say, yeah, of course it's awesome. It's West Virginia. Oh, it's the school I root for, all that stuff. Every official visit you go on is awesome. Like if you don't have a good time on an official visit, no matter the school, that's a problem. And that's rare. So are these guys going to be so overwhelmed 
by how great of a trip it is, how much fun it is, how nice the coaches are, how nice everyone on staff is, how awesome, how these facilities are greater than anything you've ever seen before. I, it, it, we don't know. Like, if you told me by Monday evening, West Virginia had five new commitments, I'd say, okay. Oh. If you told me West Virginia had zero new commitments, I'd say, okay. Like, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. Like, I'm preparing for five, maybe. But it, the, I don't know if these kids are going to like have that mindset of, I love it, I'm jumping on it, done. I never got to visit. Or, hey, this is my first trip. I haven't even got to experience this recruiting thing. I really need to be, you know, mature about this, take my time, and visit these schools. I don't know about you, Mike, but when I was 17, I don't know if I thought like that. So I might be jumping on as soon as I get the opportunity. Um, and that's why I'm preparing for something crazy. But who, who the heck knows? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a generational thing, too, I think, because the coaches I've talked to here in other schools and in basketball, too, um, it's more concentrated on football because kids tend to line their visits up in a row. You, you want to be first or last. You don't want to be third or second or fourth. The first one, first impression, you know, golden opportunity. It kind of gets old after the fourth and fifth one, and you've kind of heard the spiel from everybody, so you're not really comparing it. And you might just be rolling through your Twitter timeline or stuff like that, your your TikTok, your Instagram, whatever, and not paying attention to things that are around you because you've kind of been dulled to it, so you're kind of leaning toward maybe the first one or two or three you saw. Um, so that's one aspect of it. The other side of that is the final impression is really good because that's the one that you're left with. And sometimes that really resonates. It, it just, so it just kind of matters to the individual, uh, very subjective, obviously too, but being first has its benefits. There is some pressure, but there's some advantages too. being first also has some, you know, I would say some negative side effects too, because you're, you're so far out of mind by the time that someone rolls around their fourth or fifth campus that, you know, you can be overshadowed. You can have some of the memories that you created overlap by ones that followed too. So it's up to West Virginia to make this count. I'm not sure how many tricks this pony has. I'm curious, though, because as I've looked across my Twitter timeline and, and the, the websites I visit and our homepage at 24-7, a lot of stuff about Miami having a barbecue, Florida State having a Midnight Madness event. And I would say this, I'm sure there are others. Those are the only two that I really know about because they were marketed and promoted by the school as the marketing and the promotion by the people who participated or who saw that online, that 
it seems like it's the only two that happen, which is more than half the battle. Um, I don't think West Virginia has something up its sleeve that it can do, but what's in store and what's distinguishable for the Mountaineer experience this week? Well, I think that's the key. They got to they got to make it special. Uh, they got to make it stand out. It's got to be different because um, you're right. It's all going to be in an order, and you want to be first or last. And with if you're going to be first, which this is the first weekend, so all the guys that are coming this weekend, you're first. You're first for them. You try to you try to wow them, and you try to get them to commit and and call it a day right away. And the only way you can do that is with something special. And it's the the problem is not the problem. Uh, well, I guess it's kind of a problem. Is that something? Spe- it's going to be something special is different for each one of these guys. And you're going to have you know ten guys on campus or so. And some guys, something special to them is going to be, you know. And, and this is something we've seen in the past with this staff is having a big family meal with all your family members, the coaches, all the staff out on the football field at the 50 yard line on Saturday night. You know, that's something they've done in the past and that seemed to work well. A lot that, that, that ticked a lot of boxes with a lot of recruits that were on campus that weekend. Other guys, you know, they're going to want to go out to a nice restaurant. Other guys are going to want something more personal. They're going to want to go to Neil Brown's house. Uh, you know, sometimes they go out and, they have cookouts to do different things and sometimes they want to go to see around town or they just want to connect with the coaches. The other stuff doesn't matter. The photo shoot doesn't matter. They just want to actually learn something from these coaches and see how much they can teach them. So you got to find, and these coaches have done that. The assistant coaches know these kids well enough as well as you can from a distance. And you know, they got their own little, I guess, kind of personality reports that they keep and they report it back and they make a plan around it. Hey, this guy, he really, it's really a business decision for him. All this, this other stuff isn't going to help. We need to go to the film room with him and show him how we're going to use him in in this defense. Get Get a GA to cut up some film of, you know, David Long's amazing plays as a will linebacker and we're going to use him just like him. And, and, and then, you know, vice versa, hey, this guy really is big on, you know, the family aspect of it. And it's, it's important to his family. So we need to make sure we connect with his parents. We need to make it special that way. And, and they'll work it around like that. So it, it's that first weekend you got to find something special. And it's going to be seven different special things going on at the same time. How is this different from an unofficial visit weekend? Or well, just an unofficial visit, period? Well, for one, the school is going to pay for it all, um, so that'll be a, a a big part of it. They'll they'll put them up at a hotel, um, in, there in Morgantown, and they'll take them out to eat. They'll provide all the dinners, provide uh, all the transportation, whether they're flying in, driving in, whatever it is. Uh, some people have noted that a few of the guys have said they're coming in tonight, and you you think about an official visit one of the key rules is a 48 hour window and that that's flexible let's say it's flexible of when you start that clock because there's guys that are coming in tonight and because you kind of fly into Pittsburgh and then you have to come down to Morgantown that clock can kind of not start until you get to Morgantown so some guys are coming in tonight you think oh they're going to leave Saturday night Nope, they're going to leave Sunday morning or they're going to come into Morgantown tonight and like say drive back up to Pittsburgh and then stay at a hotel and leave Sunday morning. But it's that that window's in there. So you're kind of limited on how long they can stay. But guys are going to be coming in Wednesday night into Thursday and they're going to be leaving at all hours of the day on Sunday 
so that the coaching staff can end the visit with kind of an exit interview. In that exit interview, that's one-on-one time. That's when, that's the first real chance that you might see a commitment. It just happens right there. Like leaving campus, coach, loved it. I'm a Mountaineer, done. Uh, If it doesn't happen then, you're oftentimes more likely going to get where they go home and talk it over with their family and announce it later Sunday night or even Monday or Tuesday after they have some time to talk it over with their family and their coaches and sleep on it. So um, it, things could turn around quickly, but it, it is a 48-hour window for these trips, so you, you'll start getting some feedback Sunday. So Sunday is Gip Alert on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, get, get ready. If you start seeing, you know, uh, one of the ones, that obviously they, they put out the let's go, and you'll see – um, I don't know. I guess will they keep putting out the uh, Goose and and Maverick things from Trickett if, if Goose Crowder's already on the team, or, or was that did that predate Goose? So I did a story on this. I think that that was just the starting point for the Goose and Maverick thing, but I think that was so popular because that was really the first time that it got traction. I think, uh-huh. and that was so popular that I think they just kept it going, and it is kind of like a celebration that hey, people know what this means now, but everybody's got their own different ways of doing it. Al Pogue was kind of the king of that before, um, but other people have learned how to do it now. And now you see everybody from the head coach down to, you know, analysts and graduate assistants doing that too. So it's, um, I think it's part of the instruction. I think it's like a one-on-one course when you walk in the Bush Garden Center. Now you have to learn how to gif and tweet. So keep your eyes peeled, I guess. And you can even learn how to gif. It's a gif. <laughs> right? We've already had this argument on the podcast once. We can't, I don't think we can, Run that bit back again. Have we? I debated this with many people, so I might have lost it before. <laughs> but my friend Jeff Coyle says it's GIF because G E O F F, to which I say, What if the heavens opened and there was a shining light and a person slid down the light and was standing before you in a robe with flowing hair and said, My name is Jod? Whereas it's actually God, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Is a gif or gif? I don't know. It's very philosophical. It's chicken and egg, I suppose. Although, definitely chicken. Anyhow, participants this weekend, um, mm-hmm. as best as you know, I don't know, if you're floating on the Twitter timelines of a, God, not a recruit, don't do that, but a coach or anybody that you follow, are, should people be on the lookout for either commitments or maybe more more broadly, but maybe more importantly, good feedback from the players or good feedback from the experience there? Who, who are some people to watch? Look for the feedback. My, my, the thing I'm watching closest, and right now, let me count. I got 11, 11 kids coming in, or at least 10. Uh, there's debate about one of them, but uh, three of them all play safety. Uh, Mumu Bin Wahad, Jaden Mangum, and Christian Stokes all kind of safeties, maybe, you know, little different type of safeties. They don't necessarily play the same position, but when you have three guys in at the same position, and you're going to see this in a couple other weekends as well, I'm always fascinated by these situations because there are only so many spots in this class and only so many spots at certain positions. For instance, like the last weekend of the month, the June 24th, I got six, seven defensive linemen slated to officially visit that same weekend so it's i I can't decide what 
Is that good or bad? Does it put pressure on guys? Does it help kind of push somebody to commit faster? Like, you know, hey, we only got two spots and there's seven of you here. So just saying and and, and see how they react. Because I think all three of these, anybody at this point, anybody that is officially visiting West Virginia right now, because people always ask this question and, and unfortunately you have to because there's offers, quote unquote offers and offers that not really offers and so on. Anybody that's officially visiting West Virginia at this point is a take unless something changes with hmm. that position or the player. So, for instance, if you have three safeties coming in at the same time and two of them commit on the spot, will there still be room for that third guy? Do they play different enough safety positions? That Are they different enough bodies, different enough skill sets that you can take all three? Now, safety is kind of an open position that where we've talked a lot here about it's it's old and then it's very young. So maybe all three of them can jump on board, and I think everybody would be thrilled with that. But I, I'm really fascinated by uh, specifically those three um, that I just mentioned, Stokes, Mangum, and Ben Wahad, uh, just because they all play the same position and could be on there. Now, if you're asking me who I think is the most likely to commit, keep an eye on Cleveland Heights offensive lineman Maurice Hamilton. Um, big interior lineman. Uh, staff was in on him early so far, uh, at last check and I'll double check that in a second, but I think this was the only power five official visit he had set, uh, very high on the Mountaineers told me early on that West Virginia was basically his leader and then went on a virtual visit. And when I asked him how that virtual visit changed things, he told me he liked West Virginia even more than he did before. So how can you like something more than when you already like it the most? And now you're coming to camp- to campus, so I keep an eye on that one. Um, and you know, the guy that I think they'd be thrilled with adding is Jacoby Spells, just an absolute stud of a cornerback and somebody that West Virginia has made a priority from the very beginning, maybe more so than any other school. But they got to fight off Miami, and it's a Miami kid, and you're fighting Miami. That's always tough, but they've done it before. Hoping to do it again. And our sources down in Miami, everybody I've talked to has said, hey, man, are, are they going to get spells from Miami? Because that's something that we're hearing down here. So it, it's a legit battle, and there's a real chance that West Virginia can pull that off. Spells one of the fastest players in Florida. And he was at the barbecue. Mm-hmm. So that's stiff competition for West Virginia. Your mention of um, a crowd of safeties gave me flashbacks to the 2017 class. Derek Pitts, Kenny Robinson. I mean, good start there, right? But yeah, uh, Eugene Brown. I'm trying to think who else is here. Um, Colin Smith, Ricky Johns. I mean, none of those guys panned out. <laughs> no, Kenny Robinson was on like... his way. The others just uh, Colin Smith went to I think Lackawanna and played quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, just oof, boy. So I don't know. Sometimes it's good to have a number of them because you might lose a number of them, and sometimes they all don't pan out for you there, too. Uh, did you get a sunburn? Uh, a little bit on my face. I was actually like, hey, it's not going to be that bad. You, I'm used to coming out here and it being 95 and me getting sunburnt and having to use all this sunscreen. Um, it was supposed to be 72 and cloudy, but I think it was a little more 78 and sunny mm-hmm. than than cloudy. And got a little bit on my face, but... I'll survive. 
I think I'll still be camera ready, Mike. If if you had to break out another yes. another video, don't yes, worry. Good, good. Uh, finally, we we got to eyeball some recruits, but we also got to eyeball um, some players that we saw. Ooh. So we were able to yeah. confirm a lot of people on campus. Um, I don't know. I don't want to take all the air out of the balloon here, but who looks good in a pair of shorts and, and a t-shirt? You know, writing down forty times or shuttle drill times or. Maybe just otherwise coaching players through drills out there. You and I had a couple. Did you see that guy moments? Um, who'd you like that is already assigned a recruit playing for West Virginia? Oh, Caden Prather looked amazing. Like just him standing. You know, the last time I saw him in person was that camp two summers ago where I, I came out of that camp banging the drum for him to be a four-star recruit. And West Virginia offered him right away. And, and I thought he was one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen come through a WVU camp. And now he looks about 20 pounds heavier, but it's all muscle. Like he is bulging arms, legs, everything legitimate six, two, six, three, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's, he's a tall guy. And, um, man, I, it's somebody that we thought was already going to make an impact. And then you see him like that. And I, and I know people think, ah, come on, you're just looking at guys in shorts, but you could tell a difference when guys change their bodies and, and when they're putting in, not just because their bodies change, but it's almost like that work, work ethic aspect of it. Like it shows they have that work ethic. Uh, you know, one guy that I noticed a couple of years ago was, was Jeffrey Pooler. When he first showed up on campus, he was chunky, had a not great, you know, lower body kind of look to it. And then was it two years ago, I think we saw him at, at again at summer camp, just kind of walking around, and he looked chiseled. And, and I went on the board and I said, I, I take back everything I said about him because he looks amazing right now. And, and then he turned around, turned in to be a starter that fall. Um, so Prather's up there for me on that one. I know, I know you and my wife had the same response to another player, a certain defensive lineman on this team. Yeah, I saw him in shorts and a cutoff tee, Dante Stills, and he was walking up to somebody, and the guy said, how much you weigh now? And he said, three. I'm assuming he meant 300 and not 293. Um, if he's 293, if he's 300, Dante Stills does not have a lot of fat on him. He's, no. He's pretty sleek. Um, I, like, he, it's, I don't know. It's like he's as big on his shoulders as he is at his legs. It's kind of crazy. So that's going to be a handful there, too. We saw the two true freshman tight ends, uh, Davis mm -hmm. and Dickstrom. They looked like they belonged in the line of scrimmage. That was that was fine with me. Um, the two quarterbacks, Daigie and Crowder, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. They were involved. Like, Garrett Green wasn't there. I don't know what Garrett Green's up to. He might have been busy or, or under the weather. Or who knows? I don't know. But, like, to see those two involved there, I kind of followed who they worked out with. And you can kind of, like, Crowder threw with uh, Devin Cardman, which is, I don't know if that's a tip-off or not, but, like, they needed someone to throw. They had an odd number of players, and he picked up the ball and was thrown with them. But... Just watch. That's the first time really seeing Crowder throw, and it was just getting loose, but it zips out of his hand. That was one thing I noticed too. And then um, the two guys who who maybe banded or defensive ends, but like I saw Jacory Hammett. That's one guy that we didn't see from a freshman who enrolled. Was he a May enrollee? Right. Yeah, yeah. He was. He had almost almost got cleared in time for January, and so he only had a, like two online classes that he finished. So he enrolled on May seventeenth, like like a junior college player. Yeah, he uh, I, he was wearing like a hoodie and a t-shirt, so I have no idea what he looked like or his physique or anything. But 
that dude talks to everybody. Like he's been here for a couple of weeks and he's friends with everybody. I mean, he cracks people up. He was sitting there, you know, trying to get people to get, go out to subway and get something to eat. I think they were organizing some other hangout that night and he was in the middle of everything. I wasn't stalking these people. They just happened to be standing where I was watching different things, but I couldn't help but notice that he was involved in a lot of them. And then, uh, man, Eddie Watkins is big. Yeah. Like if he's going to play defensive end, like, I don't know what his measurables are right now, but I think in the spring, um, I'm trying to figure out what they had him at, but like, if he's if he's six three two forty, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, he's just like a big, tall, long guy. That if he's gonna be a defensive end or a bandit, um, again, not a guy we've seen a whole lot of, but just one of those people. I was like, I wonder who that is. And then I was told it was Watkins, and I was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. He, he's not a guy I want to see screaming around the edge of me. No, he was a big dude, and and Hammett, you're right. He was there with the guys, and and yeah, we weren't stalking these guys. They, they want to see these recruits too. I mean, they're they're looking at 40 times. They're listening in. They're talking about who's running fast, who looks the part, who's throwing well, who's winning one-on-ones. During one-on-ones, the receivers and the defensive backs basically split up and are standing next to each other but cheering on their respective positions, talking trash the whole way, picking their favorites, uh, predicting who's going to win these battles. So they're involved. They're interested. Um, uh, one other note was going to say, oh, yeah, Hammett, by the way, you know, coming off a torn ACL yeah. uh, from the fall obviously he's not run like nobody was running. None of the players were running around, but he was walking around upright for multiple hours uh, without a noticeable limp. So that that's, that's something, I mean, heck, I think I was limping after a few hours of standing there, uh, <laughs> but he was not. So that that's just a little something to take yeah. note of. The players are important. They coach for one thing too, but they know a lot of the players from high school. They were teammates. They played against them or they knew them from camps or whatever. So like Prather was showing people over to Neil Brown and to Jared Parker to make sure that, you know, his high school teammate or his guy from Maryland got FaceTime one of the coaches. And then you're right. The one-on-ones were hilarious because obviously the receivers are working with the receivers or the running backs, I think too, tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defensive backs are working with the defensive backs from West Virginia. So like the WVU offensive players are talking to the offensive recruits and vice versa. And like they were, you know, showing them how to do routes or suggesting routes. Oftentimes, the quarterback could come over and say, hey, let's run this nine route, just so the receiver could hear it, and the corner would have to try to stop it. But there were times where the receivers for West Virginia were giving the receiver recruit a route to run. And then conversely, a defensive back was saying, here's how you should be covering this. It didn't work out this time. Or, hey, great job. You knocked it down. Here's what you did right. They looked like they were really eager coaches, which means, you know, they weren't on their phones and they weren't just spinning a whistle trying to get out of there. That was good, too. Um, and, and they, they had a lot of pride in, in the offense or the defense winning too. And that kind of, I think that juices up the players a little bit more too. They might know these people, they might not, but like when you know, there's college players watching you and you're making an impression that makes it a little bit more fun. It's not just some boring static scene at the end of the day. Cause that was at the end of the day. And it was getting to that point where like, it's five 30, when are we getting out of here? And that, that kind of gave it some buzz that it maybe didn't have to have at that moment. I enjoyed that. I think they did too. Yeah. That's always my favorite part. Cause once you. Once you get into these one-on-ones too, you know, they split up to basically four quadrants where they're running, you know, four different drills. And one of those tends to be the top receivers and the top DBs of the day. And the coaches kind of start funneling them over to that, that direction and get them to go one-on-one against each other. So all of a sudden you're down to like three DBs and like five wide receivers and a tight end. And they're just going back and forth at each other over and over and over again. And once we get to that point, that's when the, the current players really start getting into it. And, and like you said, it, the, 
the trash talk starts. The coaches start talking trash. Um, it, it's it's legitimately fun to watch. You got one in what less than a week, or I guess one week from now, correct? Uh, less. We got one Monday, June seventh. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next one's on June seventh, and then one on June tenth. Uh, and then there's a little bit of a break until the 18th, because um, I think after that 10th they got official visitors that next weekend, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out what which one it is, but somebody told me that the break for that most of that that 14th to like the 17th, that was because there's another mega camp like that Mercer camp that we were talking about that that Andrew Jackson was at on Thursday or on Tuesday, excuse me. Um, there's another one of those going on and West Virginia might have some people at that. So, um, we'll look out for that information, uh, later this weekend and we'll update as we go along. Too bad that BCU doesn't have a football team. That'd be perfect for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> might be, might be. Well, plenty to come on the website, um, recruiting coverage in the bank that we've already kind of, um, saved up to put toward the end of the week. Maybe breaking news, but certainly updates throughout the weekend, then back at the beginning of next week. Camp on Monday. And then, I don't know, I guess I've forgotten about that camp. That Q&A Tuesday morning could be loaded with um, more camp stuff. Maybe we just do another camp on I don't know. Put the Q&A later in next week. I don't know. We can uh, we can have a chat on the side. Maybe when I see you on Monday, Chris, we can figure all that out. Yeah, maybe. Until then, I am Mike Azaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.